وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصل اللهم وصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن الناس من يشري نفسه بتغاء مرضات الله والله رؤوف بالعباد يا أيها الذين آمنوا دخلوا في السلم كافة ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابر كلا سوف تعلمون ثم كلا سوف تعلمون كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم ثم لترونها عين اليقين ثم لتسألن يومئذ عن النعيم And I know a lot of you understood parts or all of the ayat that I just recited. Maybe the tone helped a little bit. There are people who give their life for the pleasure of Allah. And indeed, Allah is full of kindness for those who are devoted to Him. For those who turn to Him and are like that, basically. They give themselves, they give their life for the pleasure of Allah. So believers, Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu, come into Islam wholeheartedly. Come into obedience to Allah and submission to His command wholeheartedly. Tayyib, how can you do that? You have to know Allah. You have to know Allah and love Him and understand that what He wants from you and what He's asking you is good for you. Then you will be able to enter into Islam wholeheartedly. And do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Indeed, he is an enemy to you. And then I also recited Surah At-Takathur. This life, competitions in this life for more things, more good things, keeps distracting you. Until the end of this life, it's not going to stop. If only you knew, you should know, and I'm summarizing, you will be asked about the blessing. You will be asked about all the blessings that you enjoyed. Blessings, blessings in this life. Students, if we try to count blessings, we cannot. We cannot get to the end of them. But there's an, a kind of blessing that we don't always think about. The blessings of being able to do things that please Allah. The blessings of being in an Islamic school where you hear the adhan and you have the opportunity to feel connected to Allah just by hearing the adhan and to repeat what the mu'addin is saying to get ajr and to get reward. The opportunity to be in a musallah, the opportunity to be in a community that has a masjid, that has an Islamic school, the opportunity to be able to pray salah, to be raised in an environment where you have parents who are Muslims. And to be in an environment where people are Muslims in, around you and it encourages you to pray salah. And it encourages you to fast the month of Ramadan, to fast some days of the year. All of these things are a huge blessing. And I know that as young as some of you may be, many of you have already tasted
the sweetness of following the directions of Allah. I know you may have tasted that sweetness because it is indeed a huge blessing to have this in your life. Because nothing that Allah asks of us is not good for us. Everything He asks us to do is good for us. To the point that there is a lot of research that is done today about fasting, about spirituality, about meditation, about praying, to identify and some people are just, they're living a stressed, a stressful life. And if they only had salah, if they only understood the blessing that they can get out of salah, and we don't always think about these things as being a blessing. Even myself, I'm not perfect. When I come to this very musalla on a regular day, on a regular Monday or Tuesday, Mondays, I, let's take a Monday, I'm not thinking of the blessings of being able to pray salah. I'm worried because it's a Monday, it's a hard day at work. And a lot of you are also in that same case. You're not think of, thinking of the blessings of having a musalla, of the blessings of having an Islamic school, of the blessings of being raised in a family that taught you and showed you Islam. And those beautiful things that Allah has provided for human beings to live happier lives, less stressed out. So many blessings. And the biggest blessing of all is to know Allah. To know Allah as your Rabb. To get to know who He is and have the opportunity to know Allah. There are many people who are lost in this world. And they don't know, but if they could know, they would wish that they knew Allah. They don't realize what they're missing. If they knew what they were missing, they would wish to know Allah, to know their master. Their master who has given them and provided for them. And by the way, something came to me this week. I mentioned this a lot of khutbahs, that Allah is the one who takes care of us. Allah is the one who provides for us. Man invented fire. I heard this phrase this week. Man invented fire. Back in the days, you know, the old days. At this day, men invented fire. People didn't invent fire. Allah created fire. What they mean is that they, don't, they didn't invent fire. They figured out how to start a fire. That's what they mean by invented fire. And that's the case with every single technology up to this day. We, didn't re- we say invent, but we didn't really invent it. Rather, we were able to see what Allah has created. We were able to compare and analyze and see how this works. We saw a rainbow. And we eventually were able to figure out how rainbows are formed. We see the snow and we eventually were able to figure out how it works. We see metals that bend. We see lava. We see all these things and we eventually were able to figure out how it works to make, you know, buildings and cars and all of these things. All inventions are actually just understanding how Allah made things. To get to understand Allah as our master, the one who provides for us, is one of the greatest blessings. In the ayat that I just recited, Allah says that He is full of kindness to the ones who are devout to Him, to the ones who turn to Him. Allah is full of kindness and we can't even imagine how full of kindness Allah is. Think about, take an example, the police. Somebody's driving, somebody's speeding. The police is not perfect. They cannot catch everybody who's speeding. Allah is perfect. He knows if Allah were the police, He knows everybody and He would arrest everybody or pull over everybody who's speeding. But the police cannot do that. Yet, when the police catches somebody speeding, and that's it, they were caught speeding, does the police say it's okay? You can go. Further than that, Allah 
lets us go with mistakes that we make, especially the people like I just mentioned in the ayah, the ones who are trying to give their life for the pleasure of Allah. Nobody's perfect, so we make mistakes, right? Those mistakes, Allah forgives them. He forgives them completely. And on top of that, Allah makes sure that He prevents the harm of our mistakes. This is like, for the comparison of the police, this is like a police officer who's, who looks over the car is speeding, and on top of that, he's able to protect the other cars around. He's able to somehow, with telepathy, inspire the other drivers to not run into him, or to not start driving if the person is running a red light. Allah has the power to do that. He forgives our mistakes, and on top of that, He prevents the harm that might have come out of our mistakes. Subhanallah. The harm that might have come to other people and the harm that might have come to us because of our mistake. If Allah were to make people face the consequences of their own actions, their own mistakes, there would not be a single living being on earth anymore. That's how destructive our mistakes are. But Allah prevents the harm. Subhanallah. What a master we have. What a blessing we have. So that's why I don't like the word taqwa. I don't like to translate it as fear Allah. Fear Allah? It doesn't make any sense. Allah is our master. After everything I've just said, fear? What do you mean fear? He's the one protecting us. I like to translate to be mindful. To be mindful of what you do, mindful of your consequences, the consequences of what you do. Mindful that Allah is there and that Allah is preventing the harm that you cause from harming anyone. Subhanallah. Being mindful of Allah. And that's also the reason that when you come around the word khashya, fear, I don't like to translate it as fear. I like to translate it as to be eager to please Allah and afraid to disappoint Him. Because that's the relationship we have with Allah. And to understand and know that, that's the greatest blessings of all. To get to know Allah. Now also, Allah tests us. So, you are encouraged to pray. Things around you encourage you to pray and you pray Salah. And you get rewards for Salah. And sometimes you fast. And you read Quran and you memorize more. And the people around you are encouraging you to memorize more and read and perfect your reading and all of that. Allah is going to test you. Every single one of us in this room is going to face tests in their life. Something's going to happen that you don't enjoy it anymore. You, for example, let's take for example, you go to the masjid every now and again with your family, with your dad. You go with your dad to the masjid. And you're enjoying it. And it encourages you, know, it encourages you and you get rewards for going to the masjid. But then one day, something happens. Somebody's mean to you at the masjid. It's a test from Allah. Somebody mistreats you. You get yelled at in the masjid. And we pray that Allah helps all of the people who attend the masjid to be kind in the masjid. Ameen. But let's say this happens to you. What are you going to do? Ah, forget it. I don't want to go to the masjid. You went to the masjid because you felt good about it. Now you go to the masjid, you don't feel so good about it. Are you going to give up? Are you going to abandon that good thing that you were doing? Because now it's a little hard. Now you don't feel like it anymore. Somebody was mean to you. Somebody said something to you. Something happened to you. So in the passage from Surah Al-Baqarah that I started reading, there are people who give their life for the pleasure of Allah, right? After that, Allah says, enter into Islam wholeheartedly. Put your heart into it. 
Meaning, don't be attached to whether it's a good environment, whether people like you, whether people are nice to you. No, no, no. Put your heart into it so that when tests happen to you, you don't give up and you don't abandon the good things that you're doing. So in that passage, Allah continues and says, Sal Bani Israel. How many clear signs have we given people? And in this ayah is saying how many clear signs have we given? Bani Israel. But we can understand that Allah has given clear signs to all people. Ask them how many clear signs we have given them. If a person abandons a huge blessing that he was growing up in, he was there, he had all the opportunity, and he was enjoying to go to the masjid. If a person abandons that, flips the blessing of Allah and abandons it, then he should know that the consequences will be hard to bear, will be intense, will be difficult. And the biggest test that might happen to you, you know, I gave you the example of going to the masjid and somebody's mean to you at the masjid. I also hinted at the example of, you know, the environment here at Gotri Academy. The environment is encouraging you to do good things. And what if, what if a classmate is mean to you, something happens, or, uh, or you didn't like how a teacher spoke to you, something, you know, a test, the tests are going to come. What happens at that time? Are you going to give up? Are you going to say, oh, I don't want to come anymore? The biggest of those tests is when your mind starts, I'm saying the biggest, uh, a big test for sure, is when your mind starts questioning Allah Himself. Because we said the biggest blessing is when you understand Allah. And you understand that He's the one taking care of you. So, students, when a test comes to you, and you understand Allah, you understand that the test actually comes from Allah. So our brain is wired to question and understand Allah. Now it's not wrong. When, when something happens to you that you don't like, it's not wrong to start questioning Allah and start questioning Islam. People have this in their life. Maybe at their job, they were able to pray Salah at their job and then something happens, the boss changes and now it's becoming very difficult for them to pray Salah. So they start questioning. Why is Allah giving me such burden that I have to pray Salah? It's so hard. Why can't I just do my job and pray Salah at home? Later on, the questions start coming to a person's mind. And it's normal. But it's a huge test because how will you respond to that question? When that questioning comes in your mind, why is Allah doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? Why does Islam, why do I have to be a Muslim? Why do I have to follow all these instructions? Watch out, this is the biggest test. How are you going to respond to those questions that come to your mind? That's why in the beginning that I recited, don't follow the footsteps of the shaitan. When those questions come to your mind, your answer, don't let the shaitan influence your answer and the way you behave when those questions come. Why is, why is this happening to me? What do I need to do? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to read Qur'an? So now, back to the hadith of the week. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa told us, تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ أَمْرَائِنَ لَن تَضِلُّوا مَا تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِمَا I have left with you two things that you will not go astray if you hold fast, hold strong to them. And they are كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّةِ نَبِيِّهِ The Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Prophet. So when those questions come, our minds are wired to question and want to understand. Turn to the Qur'an. Turn to the Sunnah. 
And you need to be equipped. So let me give you bits and pieces of equipment. Equipment. You're questioning. Why, how do I know I have to follow Islam? How, why do I have to pray? Why is Allah doing this to me? Do I really have to do all these things? The Qur'an, if you hold fast to the Qur'an, the Qur'an is a book that anybody who reads it knows this is beyond this world. This is not a book like any other book. And when it came 1400 years ago, it changed the face of the world until the end of the world. It remapped the world. The two big powers at the time, the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire, they were just taken over by the Muslims because of this book, the Qur'an. And a person might look at history and think, how, much, how big were the armies that must have come out of Arabia, out of Mecca, out of Medina, to be able to conquer the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire? And make the biggest empire in history. How big were the armies? And they find that actually they were very small. Very, very small. But they came with a message. They came with the Qur'an. They came with a mentality that changed the mentality of the army across from them. Subhanallah. When they came and they, and they shared the message of Islam, a lot of, a lot of places they just came in submission the, 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 the people that were under the Roman Empire, they went and sided with the Muslims because they heard the message. The people in Egypt, they were supportive of Islam. They were supportive of the Muslims coming in and taking over. And they supported them because of the message. And Islam went all the way to Indonesia with barely any fights over there. It was just the message. Such a powerful message. Subhanallah. What, how, how could this message be so powerful? It was carried by a man, Rasulullah who was the best to ever walk this earth. And this is words that we will not fully taste and understand until we get to meet Rasulullah in the hereafter at his hawd, the, the water on the Day of Judgment. We will not fully understand how he was the best until we meet him. But we can get an idea if we understand his sunnah and we hold fast to his sunnah the people it wasn't just the Qur'an because some of the sahaba they weren't very fluent and they didn't have a lot of Qur'an memorized but they were with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his sunnah his miraculous life altogether convinced them a hundred percent and they knew that th there's no way that this is just from this world this is from Allah Allah is there. Allah is taking care of things. Allah is taking care of our entire Muslim ummah from the beginning. And so therefore, until today, this 1400 years old legacy and book, the Qur'an, still has miracles that people are like, what? This whole time we've been studying this and the Qur'an had the answer the whole time? But you have to study. You have to know what these are. I mentioned, for example, how is it possible that 1400 years ago, Anybody on earth would have known about pulsars, the stars that blink and make a knocking sound that you cannot find, you cannot see with the naked eye, absolutely not. They're in the side of a nebula. Yet, the thing that knocks. And what is a tariq, the thing that knocks? It is a najm al thaqib, it is a bright star, a very, very bright star. And pulsars are the brightest concentration of light, if you will, because they're small, but they're very bright. 1400 years ago, the Qur'an already had mentions of those things. 
1400 years ago, the Quran already told us that, look, don't you see that the entire universe used to be one compact single entity and then we blew it apart. Allah says we blew it apart. Modern day knows that, or the theory nowadays is well accepted that the universe started with the Big Bang. And the Quran, 1400 years ago, already mentions these things. So now, when those questions come to you, turn to the Quran. Know for sure that even if, so you're, you're growing up in a Muslim environment, and you know that it's good for you to follow the instructions of Islam because you're in that environment that convinces you of that. But now, if in your heart you don't feel like it anymore, in your mind, when that mind starts questioning, you know. You know that the Qur'an is from Allah. And therefore you know that His instructions are true. And you know that this is the best thing for your life. We thank Allah and we praise Allah and we ask Him to send peace and blessings upon His Messenger, His Prophet. So when those when that questioning happens, there are two ways that you might respond. Why is Allah doing this to me? Why do I have to be a Muslim? Why do I have to follow this instruction? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to continue Quran? I don't feel like it anymore. That questioning comes in your mind. You have two ways. Yeah, you, um, in the end of the ayah that I recited, Don't follow the way of shaitan. He's an enemy. He's going to mislead you. So instead, you turn to Allah. And you're asking yourself, why is this happening to me? Should I really? Why am I following this? Why am I doing this? You're asking yourself. Well, stop asking yourself and ask Allah. Go to sujood. Talk to Allah and ask Him and, and tell Him how you feel. Turn to Allah. Turn to the Qur'an. Turn to the Sunnah. What other, peoples do, what other people do is in the next ayah, in that passage of Surah Al-Baqarah. زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Some people are very attracted by this life. And they think it's much better for them. Like the example I gave you of somebody who's praying at work and then it becomes hard to pray. Some people, they think it's better to just have it easy. Just do your work and come home and, and pray so that they want to take the best of this life. And then, those people who do that, they start thinking that the believers, they're, they're ridiculous. Why do they have to keep doing this? They look down upon the believers who are sincere in their religion. Don't do that. Don't go and find a comfort zone that will make you, you know, happy with what you have and happy that you left. That question is going to keep coming there. Allah has wired our brain and our mind to think about Him and wonder, what should I do with my life? But the more you get into your comfort zone, I'm happy with the way things are, I don't want to start doing this again, I'm happy, the more that question is going to go away. And the more you're going to follow in the way of the shaitan. Don't let that happen. Hold, hold fast, hold firm to the book of Allah and the sunnah of His Messenger. رَبَّنَا وَفِّقْنَا لِمَا تُحِبُّ وَتَرْضَى آمين. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار آمين ربنا أوزعنا أن نشكر نعمتك 
التي أنعمت علينا وعلى والدينا وأن نعمل صالحا ترضاه وأدخلنا برحمتك في عبادك الصالحين آمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله